Hi guys, welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day for an interview and I've got Dennis Berry with me. Dennis and I are uh, closely linked by a number of features, including our uh, excellent haircuts, our bad humor, um, our um, maybe liberal use of words that could be frowned upon in certain societal structures. Uh, so <laughs> I, what I can promise you is that we're going to have fun and that we're going to be honest and that there won't be any masks in front of our face. What you see is what you get. What's and all, because I'm talking to a master life coach, a master addiction counseling specialist, and more importantly, um, like like me, you know, he's a bullshitter, and you can't bullshit a bullshitter because both of us we have been in the place where you are probably now because you're watching this show. Um, so here you go. So we both have gone through the rough times and now we're here to to spread the news that recovery is not only possible but it's actually you can expect it to happen you can expect to live the life that you want to live if you listen to others and if you actually learn how to deal with the shit that is making you drink that is making you use and that's all what we're going to talk about today. So, Dennis, thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you, Stefan. Yeah. I Indeed. said Stefan, I was that's, wrong. No, yeah. no, 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 that's absolutely fine. If you're, if you're saying Stefan, that means you come from the north of Germany. If you say Stefan, that comes from the, the lower part of Germany. Or it means that you're drunk when you're saying it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, that, so here you that's go. The way I, would, I would have said it that way a long time ago. <laughs> it's true, so thank it? you man this is so this is great actually i think we first made contact months ago so i'm glad that we finally connected and it sounds like fun but first of all i didn't think you said we had bad sense of humor i didn't think it was that bad yours might be bad i thought mine was yeah you're right and so humble <laughs> and so humble <laughs> and good looking and uh, i exactly. like my, and the haircut i love that <laughs> i you know it is it is one of these things when you are gone, when you're going through rehab and then you're coming out the other end, at some stage in the life, you come to a point where you actually don't take yourself so serious anymore. And you, uh, it, is, it is a very liberating point of view. And I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Okay. Right. And I think about how uptight I was and uh, always pleasing others, always being being the perfect. I had to be perfect in every single bloody way when I was younger. God, talk about setting yourself up to fail. I was the, the classic, oh, mm, God. Oh, God, so many words come to mind, but I don't want to taint the show yet. Uh, so, <laughs> how were you when you were a younger man what was your what was driving you yeah I, I mean same same kind of story no it's interesting the way that you put it but it's like yeah we we tend to worry a lot what other people think about us and that's a trait that is part of the reasons I drink right so when when I always go back to 
this. Alcohol, drugs, the food, the porn, the shopping, whatever the addiction is, it's not necessarily the problem. It's what I'm using to cope with the real problem, which is my thinking. And that's the name of my podcast is the Funky Brain Podcast. It's my funky brain. That's my problem. That is where that comes from. And, you know, it's like when I first get sober, it's about not drinking only for like a little bit, however long, you know, some people have these, uh, you know, the bad withdrawals or the cravings for extended periods of time. But whatever that period of time is, once that's done, then it's time to grow up. It's not a not drinking contest. Mm. It's about growing up and looking the world in the eye and going out and stubbing your toe and trying things and living life. And um, when you can get to that point and not worry what people think about you and just like carry on with life and enjoy life and take chances, that's sobriety. It's emotional sobriety. That's the important piece. Isn't it? And emotional sobriety, that's a really lovely way of putting it because a bit down the line, I want to talk about the dry drunk. I want to talk about the, the fact that the sheer fact that you're no longer drinking or no longer using. Um, yeah, I call them not dry drinks. I call them white necklace. Ah, I'm going to be no. fine. I do not need to drink. See, I'm all good. Yeah, right about that. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we talked about, you know, in the book, it talks about, and you know, I used to be a big, I, I was all AA for many, many years. And I don't go as much anymore. Just, I, I do like it. I appreciate the program and saved my life. But I used to know it, all the, the book pages, I could recite it all. But I do know that one part that I loved was the, you know, am I, if I was to stop drinking, would I be confined to a life that's stupid, boring, and glum? So when I stopped drinking, I was I would get four bottles of wine and a pint of Jack Daniels and a, a bowl of weed and my lighter, my remote controls, my phone, line everything up on the coffee table and close the curtains and not let it make sure no light was getting in. And I would just sit there and get hammered and blank and just like blot out my existence. What's more stupid, boring, and glum than that? <laughs> right? <laughs> Again, not just the same haircut. I remember that. Closing the curtains, putting music on, losing yourself in an artificial world where there is no more pain, where you have numbed yourself so comfortably that now suddenly you can cry if you want to, if you choose to, or you can love, or you're in your mind, you're the perfect dancer, or whatever it is, the, the perfect the perfect martial artist. Uh, in your mind, you're doing the spin kicks, despite the fact that actually you haven't trained anything for months and years, probably. But there suddenly I was in this blissful, wasted space that gave me relief, that gave me mm -hmm. peace, at least until the hangover set in the next morning, and the guilt and the shame, and the fact that I couldn't remember who I had insulted with emails or who I had texted or, you know, the whole anxiety that that follows the next day. Yeah, I remember yeah. that well. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Like when, so when I stopped drinking was a long time ago and luckily that text messaging was just getting steam around that time so i'm glad that uh, i couldn't imagine like having to wake up and go through my text and going oh no <laughs> i'm glad that that wasn't around when i stopped drinking oh please
And it is the same here, actually. I was lucky there. Um, having said that, when you start drinking, that was not really the main issue. That when I started drinking, uh, it was really all about losing your shyness, um, being more the animated uh, person that I normally wouldn't have been, playing the guitar, singing from the deepest inner bit of my soul, regardless that my voice sounds crap. Um, but it was like, you know, for, for girls, it was like a moth to a flame. Um, it was, it was, it was what it was. So alcohol very much served me a purpose. And initially, of course, it was actually, thank you very much. It was a good friend. Yeah. But that friend was rather a two-faced bastard um, because down the line, that friend really let me down big time. And mm. there was no more fun. There was no more. It was just simply stopping the pain. Yes. Well, and then that's the point of the emotional sobriety part. And it's like, I, I want to be able to go live life like that without the alcohol and the drugs. And I can, you know, what I was, I, I tell this story a, a lot, but it's like, I was under the impression, you know, if we go back years ago, that life had to be fun all the time. And, <laughs> but, and here's the thing though, you know, my, I still have that same idea. But my idea of what's fun has changed. Yep. And so, you know, when I go back years and 20, 30 years ago, my idea of fun was like being in a dingy bar, snorting lines on a toilet seat, having sex with some girl I didn't even know in the toilet, in the bathroom, and then doing shots of whiskey and playing pool and shooting darts and listening to old rock and roll. I thought that was fun. And now I think it's fun to go to like the symphony or go for walks in the park and watch the sunrise and the sunset and exercise and take care of my body like that's fun to me and that and i turned into that guy i used to make fun of all the time and now that's the my idea of fun is is meditating it's sharing it's doing things like this to share our experience strength and hope to help other people that are sitting out there looking at a couple bright-eyed guys that are smiling going how the hell do i get like that exactly that's fun. Yeah. this is fun exactly yeah, and so that's growing up what I love to hear from you is that that you have changed in your expectations and that you've changed in your your appreciation of the day that not every day needs to be the pinnacle of a climax of of well-being, the climax of yeah, fun. Uh, no, there is actually some some serenity in living in the moment and accepting that, okay, right now is not a fun, fun, fun moment because someone has to do the dishes and you, your son hasn't done it and, and your wife is, is somewhere doing something else and yeah, great, it's your turn to do the dishes. Well, okay, put some music on, do the bloody dishes, five minutes, so what? Just do it, don't, don't, don't throw a pity party. Why did no one do the dishes? No, you choose a different different point of view as you choose how you respond to a certain external stimulus to something that happens to you i think that is for me the coolest thing about sobriety the coolest thing about rehab is actually learning that i have got a choice and for a long long time i did not accept it i didn't know that it was 
oh, look what you have done to me. I show you, I get seriously pissed. I will drink three bottles of vodka. Ha, I'll show you. And you think, what? Wait, wait, what? And, but that was my, my past. Nowadays, I choose to respond rather differently. Yeah, and it's also to create the life that you desire. Mm. And I have a choice to do that now. Mm. And before I didn't have that choice because my life was to drink. That's all I did. When I woke up, I drank or I got stoned. I was stoned for 15 years straight. So I had no choice. And now it's like, you know, I have friends, I take care of my health now. When I stopped drinking, I was 70 pounds heavier than I am now. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was smoking cigarettes. I wasn't capable of doing anything. Mm. Now it's like, you know, I live in Colorado, USA. And we have 14,000 foot mountains, which is like, I would say maybe 3,500 meters. I, I don't know what you're using. And, you know, somebody's like, Dennis, you want to go hike a 14er? And I'm like, yeah, you know, because I can. And I can go scuba diving and I can go run uh, five miles because I can, because I take care. I have choices now. And I've started multiple businesses in sobriety. A, a lot of them didn't make it. I had a couple that really did make it and I've had a relationship. I've had massive success and massive failure, massive love, massive heartache. And I just keep going. I'm experiencing all life has to offer. Like I'm going to, what do they say? Like I'm going to slide into my grave, man, but nothing, nothing's going to be working. I'm going to only have one arm left and just be like, I did everything that I could in this life before I go on. <laughs> Cause I have that choice. Exactly. Exactly. I could not agree more because that is, that is, you only have got one life and most of us just vegetate in that and, and don't really use it for, for what it is, that miracle, that, 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 that energy ball that we sort of try to drown and pour water over it, etc. or not water, actually alcohol over it. Um, and we just try to dim that that light in order to dim the pain rather than learning how to deal with the pain and learning to deal with the reasons but i mean yeah, we're, talking, we're, we're talking abstract things though so let me let me go a little bit back to you dennis because there was i told you why i drink or drank um that was basically the the shyness that was where it all started and and the, my unrealistic expectations and the, the fact that I considered myself deep inside a failure, regardless whatever I achieved. If I was the best at school, I was still a failure. If I was the best, coming the first time ever in my family going to a university, then graduating as a doctor, I still considered myself as an imposter, as a failure, all that. What was it for you? What drove you? Drove me to drink? Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a lot of the same things. You know, when I was five years old, my grandmother said to my mother, he worries like a little old man. You know, so I was five years old and I already was full of that, that fear, the insecurity, the, the anger, the resentment, and much like the rest of us, but I didn't know how to handle it at all. And some people do, some people don't. I, I call it the human condition. I think we are... All those feelings run through us all the time. It's how we respond to those feelings that differentiates us. And I, do, I, you know, fast forward to 15 years old and I started drinking and smoking weed. And I was like, like, I was like, I don't have to feel that way anymore. I don't have to feel anything anymore. And then, and then when I was 17, my hair started getting thin. 
And I was like, oh my God. So I arranged my whole life so I could wear a hat for the next 15 years to hide from the world. So nobody knew I was going bald. So I became a chef and I could wear my hat in the kitchen. I was a ski racer, a ski bum guy, because I could wear my hat everywhere that I went. Everything that I did, I wore my hat and um, I wanted to hide from the world. That was, but what I've come to learn is I use that as a catalyst. I use that as an excuse. The truth was I would have found something else had that not been a big thing for me because I wanted to drink and numb out the pain. And that went on for until I was 31 years old is when I got sober. So it's 17, I'm 48 years old now. And, um, you know, but then we get back into the emotional sobriety for years and years. I drank, I never learned how to grow up. And the reason most people fail in sobriety is because like you said, they just white knuckle it. They say, all right, I'm going to stop drinking now. And then the next day life kicks you in the balls. Cause that's what life does. And you're like, well, I don't know how to handle this. Because in my case, I was 31 years old with the emotional capacity of a 15-year-old boy who was already full of fear and insecurity and didn't know how to handle it then. And now you take away my coping skills, and now I'm just stuck in this body, and I, I'm overwhelmed, and I cry, and I'm still full of fear and insecurity. And so I need to expand my emotional well-being and my spiritual well-being. And I need to take care of my health, too. You know, I think a huge mistake, a lot of people, they'll come into like AA or whatever in sobriety and they'll, they'll, you know, there they'll be like, you know what, keep smoking, keep, keep eating crap. It's okay. Don't just don't go out drinking. And I think that's a huge mistake. You know, the first week or two when you're like freaking out and everything's crazy, smoke. If you need to smoke, smoke and then stop because, you know, one of the most powerful tools that we have when the cravings come up and life gets overwhelming is our mind. And I need to keep my mind sharp and we need to do that with our, with our diet and we need to, and exercise and we need to take care of our, our bodies, minds, and spirit. That's going to set us up for success. So with my clients, I'm like, let's get rid of that crap because it's a paradox. You know, the opposite is actually true. When these things come up and my, my clients are like, I'm overwhelmed and I don't know how to handle this while they're sitting there smoking a cigarette. Well, that's making you sick. That's not going to help you. And I know people are going to push back and I get pushed back from that all the time. Well, it's okay to smoke, but it's not. So you can continue to smoke and it just, it inhibits your level of sobriety, in my opinion. I agree. I actually agree. And that's the problem, of course. We are also, we are addicts. And addicts, as addicts, we, we are... We, are, we want to stay in the race and we are just, if one horse dies, you jump onto the next horse. So the, the issue of cross addiction is very, very much there. So you stop drinking, next thing you do is gambling, porn, uh, the eating disorders, all that, because we, we still like to behave certain ways. We still use other behaviors or other substances like sugar to actually get the high or at least prevent the low you know get rid of the pain it's still the same thing if yes. you're not learning to deal with the pain yes. to deal with the negative emotions that are still pushing you that are out there but i mean right now right now if you listen to us we sound like two guys who have got their shit together and we're talking in a language 
that has come from years and years and years of sobriety and working programs, etc. When you were 31, you were a ski bum um, who basically was numb in the head from years of Mariana. You were hungover. You didn't say, ooh, I really need to uh, look after my spirituality and maybe I should do some meditation uh, when I get out of these skis. Um, hmm, nope, nope. So what was the transformation? What was your change? Yeah, that, what an excellent question and well put, all that stuff. Well, you know, one day, it was about about a year and a half into sobriety, I was at, I was in a meeting and there was another guy there who had about the same amount of time as me. And he looked up on the wall because in the beginning, everything's a fog. You know, everything is new and it, this is, I'm scared to death. I don't know what I'm doing. And he looked up on the wall at those 12 steps and he goes, this is just a blueprint for a living life. And I looked up and I was like, wow. And he was right. All this is, and there, there's this other guy and he used to say this about meetings too. He goes, welcome to kindergarten. That's all that this is. It's like when, you know, my, I use my sister as an example. When she was like 14, 15 years old, she was learning life's lesson. She was like learning how to deal with financial responsibility, heartache, relationships, and balancing life and her academics and being responsible. And I was snorting cocaine on a toilet seat in a bar somewhere, thought I had life all figured out. So I use her as that example to, to show me that I didn't get the skills that she got. Mm. And so when he looked up there and said, you know, this is just a blueprint for living, that made a lot of sense to me. So I started thinking, maybe the way that I'm living isn't working and I need to listen to somebody else. And those other people were like, we should start meditating. And I was like, okay, well, what's that going to do? And, you know, what's funny is that meditation in the 12 steps is the 11th step. Now, if I was to rewrite the steps, I'm not going like, to get into a war with anybody about that either. But I would definitely put that as step two. You know, because we need the first, remember, let's go back to a, the real problem is my mind. The average person has 60 to 80,000 thoughts every day. That's almost one thought per second. So I need to calm my mind down, right? If, if all of those 80,000 thoughts were productive thoughts, that would be awesome. But they're mostly useless, harmful thoughts. And I need to, if I can eliminate 10 or 20,000 useful, useless thoughts every day by meditating, isn't that pretty cool? So I need to calm down. I need to say, all right, when I wake up in the morning, instead of grabbing my phone and looking at what some politician's doing or what some family member said about another family member or what other gossip or crap is going on, that's the way my day goes. But if I wake up in the morning and read something productive that feeds me energy, and then I get into a meditation and then some gratitude. And you know, you don't have to do this for two hours. Wake up and spend 20 minutes relaxing that's the way your day's going to go your day's going to go the way you decide you want it to go it's up to you so how do you want your day to go but people always say i want my day to go peaceful but then i wake up and i look at this crap and then i turn the news on <laughs> and then i eat pancakes and some sugary crap for breakfast and then i feel full and i have to take a nap at 10 o'clock like that's the way your day's going to go so you have a choice yeah yeah so that's, what, that's when I started doing it. I mean, I really started digging into the whole body, mind, and spirit concept because I think it's all intimately connected. And that's the way I train my clients. And at first I get pushed back. You know, when I tell people, 
let's go into silence for a week. Let's turn off all the music. So when you get in the car and you're driving somewhere, don't listen to music. Mm. What? Oh my God, what am I going to do? Well, the answers come in silence. When you're listening to music, you're going to think about your problems and then you're going to listen to the songs. Now, if you're in silence, you're probably still going to think about your problems, but you know what else comes in? The solutions. You know, so there's so much value in just in, in moving beyond what comes after just stopping drinking. It's like, I'm going to stop drinking. That's great. All right. Let's stop shaking and then let's grow up. Let's go do a whole bunch of cool stuff and let's go live the next 50 years instead of just existing. I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's something that, that sounds corny, but it is so true. It is so true that, that you need to give yourself the silence. I did, uh, I, this morning I've got uh, interviews lined back to back, so I knew it was going to be a busy morning. So I got up two hours early, uh, hit a pool, did some swimming, and in, in a break in the swim, I, I was just calm, listening to the birds, and suddenly out of nowhere came a solution to a problem that had sort of plagued me for a week where I thought, how do I deal with that? And suddenly, kipping, there it was, in all its clarity. And it was beautiful, utterly beautiful, because at that moment, I was just, I, thought it, I was actually meditating. It's just, you don't need to call it that if, you, if you're not yet into that terminology, uh, just to actually press the pause button in your life and, and be able to just take a deep breath and shudder and tell everyone else to shut up, which i.e. get away from your device. So therefore the swimming or the spa is for me so nice um, because I can't look at my phone, literally. And it is actually really, really nice. And suddenly, guess what? Things come into your mind, really beautiful things. And that's a nice, it can be a nice long shower session. You don't need to drive to the swimming pool, um, have a nice long shower. And suddenly 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you've got a, a micro break in your day where you actually meditated. Like yes. I love it. And yes. this to actually just accept these things and exact the peace and the serenity that you have always been searching for. And to actually find it, that's cool. I love that. I absolutely yeah, I like, there, there was that saying, I used to use drugs and alcohol to alter my mind. Yeah. And now I use meditation and yeah. exercise and diet to alter my mind. Exactly. And talking with other intelligent people, surrounding myself with success. That's what I use to alter my mind now. Yeah. And see, it's interesting that you say surround yourself with other people. And to a certain degree, we become beacons of light and we become the, 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 the lighthouses in the storm because here we are, we are living a life where we have got a smile on our face and people like smiles. People, I mean, that's, that's really, you, you, if you want to attract women, then have a, have a, a sane smile, not the kind of, <laughs> uh, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's just, yeah. It, no, sounds no. Like, we, it sounds like you've had experience with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> no, I think the reality is there is, there is, you grow an aura, you grow a, in New Zealand we call it a mana, uh, we call it the, the, that kind of 
energy field around you that comes from quiet peace in yourself. And that is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, energy flow. Um, and guys, I, I want to introduce you to it. And I want, I want you to understand that that is recovery. That is sobriety. Being a, a person that is content and that who, who can live life on his own terms. And that is a very, very beautiful place to be. Because, it really uh, is. uh, isn't it? Like it or lump it, shit happens to us. So, whenever, whenever I think I got my ducks in a row, <laughs> someone comes along and plays marbles with my ducks. Um, because shit happens. It will happen all the time. And at the moment, I know you're, you're not going through, through easy times there. But I mean, compare. Your coping mechanisms when you were, let's say, 18, or we'll call it 25, 25. You would have expected that by 25, you got a little bit your, your shit together. Um, 25 compared with now, how, what would have been the difference? Yeah, that's a great question too. Um, you know, so for those that are listening, I don't know, I'm going through a separation of a really long relationship, eight and a half years. And this is the hardest thing that I ever went through. I don't remember getting sober because it's been a long time. I know it was painful and awful, but um, I don't remember the physical pain part of it, but the emotional pain that I went through like five months ago was piercing, like heart piercing. It was really, it was rough. And it was the bleeding heartache, the crying every five minutes, the loss, the grief of losing my best friend, my partner. She was, we were, we were close and we still love each other, but we were just so unhappy and we couldn't, we just really didn't, we weren't uh, matched up well. And, um, and it was really awful. So it's really interesting. You asked me that question because it's five months in now and I'm awesome. Like everything's great. And my coach because I have a coach too, and I believe we all should have a coach or a mentor, an accountability in your, a partner in your life to keep you accountable, to hold your feet to the fire, to make sure you get shit done and to tell you when you're way off, right? So, but my coach, he said to me, he's like, Dennis, I want you to write down because we give it, we give homework. I give homework to my clients. He gives me homework too. And he's like, I want you to write down how you would have responded to this situation 25 years ago versus now. He asked me that exact same question. And you know, if I go back years ago, 25, 30 years ago, whatever, when I was back in my drinking days, I would have been punching holes in the wall. I would have been blaming other people, everybody else in the world for this, rather than accepting my part in it, my responsibility in the situation. And uh, I would have been crying to everybody. I would have been complaining about my poor life or, or, money or whatever all this stuff instead now you know what i do i kept i did all my horror i read i write i meditate every single day i exercise and take care of my mind and i'm on the other side already i mean it's amazing there's like there are people that there's people that i coach that have had one or two year relationships that are still struggling after two years to get over it and i'm already past that stuff and, you know, it doesn't make me better. It just means that I'm doing the work that it takes to get to the other side. And you, if you don't know how to do it on your own, and even if you do know how to do it on your own, it's nearly impossible to do it all your own at a high level all by yourself. 
because our subconscious minds are running the show. Our, our conscious minds are the ones that say, here's my to-do list. This is what I want to do. Everything's great. I feel good. This is what I'm going to do today. This is how I want my life to go. And my subconscious mind, which runs 80% of the show, says, let's go get a drink. Right? And that's what we do. Or let's go blame somebody else for my problems. Or let's go get stoned. Or let's go eat a pound of cookies. Or let's watch porn. Or let's go shopping with money I don't have. That's the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind's driving the bus too. Like we don't have control. So we have to go back in there and dig that out. And I had to do that. You know, what you said is like, people are watching this and they see a couple guys that are laughing and talking, okay, clear eyes. It took me years to, to get to this point. You know, I'm not going to say stop drinking and everything just flips around and it's rainbows and unicorns. You're going to make a million dollars. I'm saying stop drinking and you have a chance. That's what I'm saying. And that's, and that's exactly it. You need to do the hard work. You need to look deep into your soul and you can't do that yourself. You need a mirror. And that's where indeed uh, a life coach, um, a psychologist, uh, or maybe at times a psychiatrist might be of help. And let's get that clear, guys. You will not find a CEO of a top 500 company who hasn't got a performance coach or a life coach because they know how important it is to be their best. And only then can they make the gazillions that they do. You will not find an Olympic athlete that hasn't got a performance coach. Because again, these guys know they need the guidance to bring out the best in them. And here you are trying to sort of somehow tease it all out and put it together somehow. Uh, yeah, about that. That won't work well. So no, not, at a high level. Hmm? not at a high level, it won't. Hmm. You know, you can, you can get by. But if you look at all the most powerful icons in the world, the Elon Musk, the, the Steve Jobs, the Oprah Winfrey, they all have coaches and they talk about it. None of these people make decisions on their own. They when you see a product come out like iPhones or any of the biggest products in the world, those things are tested, they're failed. They, they're, they're, they'll spend a billion dollars testing something and then they'll have teams of people, not just one coach, they'll have teams of people, you know, going through this stuff, rejecting ideas, throwing it out, saying that's not going to work before you see that product. Everybody that you know about at a high level has at least one accountability partner, if not multiple. There has to be room. There has to be budget in your life. There has to be like, you know, if you don't have like tons of money, there has to be like some sort of um, accountability in your life. Even if it's the one thing AA is really awesome about is the sponsorship. You know, it's about having somebody else that you could say, look, especially in early sobriety, when you don't know what's going on, you can say, look, here's what I see what's going on. And your sponsor's like, that's not what's going on, <laughs> you know, because I've been there and you don't you're not seeing it. it doesn't make me better that I have more sobriety in you. It just means that I've been through that before and I can help you stay out of that hole. That's all that that means. And that's a powerful thing. So it's so true. So true. But in all fairness, it is a sobriety coach is someone, it's like a starting point, someone who is holding your hand in the early times. And often enough, because these are, these are great people, you, you stay in touch and you, 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 uh, you get on with them. But sometimes 
I would say more times than not actually, uh, life challenges change. Your life changes. I'm now seven years down the line from my rehab. I Alcohol is barely anything I'm concerned about. And whilst I'm talking here, my steps to sobriety, my show is really about about dealing with the underlying reasons why we drink the ptsd the, the trauma the anxiety all these kind of negative emotions and and challenges that life throws at us and it is those kind of things and so therefore also the role of a of a coach might change and the need for a certain type of coach you would uh, you would not go into a boxing gym and expect there a coach that is uh, perfect in accessorizing yourself for the runway or <laughs> something like that. So that's probably not, not the right place for that coach and not for that setting in which you want them. Now, if you want to go onto the runway uh, and do the catwalk really well, then you need the other coach. So it depends on what you want at that moment in life. So I had some really, really wonderful, wonderful support. Uh, Guy Smith, if you're listening to that, you're the man. Uh, he was the boss of the rehab that I went to and we stayed in touch thereafter. Uh, he is the guy who, who really screwed my head on right. So Guy, well done. And he is, is great for that. But down the line now, I have attracted other people. Um, and I feel the need to involve other people. But my weight, it is still, that's the last bastion of addiction, uh, which I still haven't shifted, where I'm still using addictive behavior to rate the fridge at 10 o'clock at night because it gives me the, <sighs> to close the day. So there I am. So more recently, um, I actually uh, have involved a, a nutrition coach. And yes, Suzanne, I'm not opening your posts and I'm not, not listening to any of your messages uh, because I'm still battling with that. So but that, is, that is life. That is ongoing challenges in our lives. And I think they, you need to recognize that. They, it will, these challenges will not just stop. So Dennis, you are just going through your, your separation and that was throwing a huge spanner in your works my creativity and my relationships are actually well up there other parts my health my endurance okay i can do with some work but my eating and my, those kind of things oh that's where the need where i need to put some some emphasis on that is this year 2020 2021 might be a different story so think what is happening and define the problem define the goal that you're that you need to address right now. Rank the goals if you have a number of them, but don't just go all out. Oh, I want a better relationship. I want money. I want uh, everything. And we work on everything at the same time. Uh, guess how well that will go. So no. You know, well, that's so funny that you bring that up because I yesterday I did a webinar and it was called Focused and Fearless. And this, this is the foundation of my coaching and I'm a high performance coach. And I, for marketing purpose, I'm life coach for addiction recovery. But, you know, I have couples, I work, I work with a lot of women. A lot of women, they'll come to me because their husbands or their sons are screwed up. 
but they're not ready to do anything yet. So I end up working with them, teaching her about self-love, self-care, establishing boundaries, self-respect. And um, and then I help with people with their businesses and stuff like that. But the main focus of my coaching practice is focus. And how do we get focus? A lot of reasons, like the reasons we raid the fridge, the reasons that we can't stop drinking or watching porn or whatever it is, it's because we're lacking focus. And so what we focus on, and you said it awesomely, is that the one thing, it's called the one thing. Now, I like to use New Year's Eve as an example or New Year's resolutions, okay? Every year, I'm going to lose weight, have better relationships. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to start a business and uh, improve my life. So what happens about a week or two later, you get overwhelmed and you say, I can't do these things. So I'm going to go right back because the subconscious mind takes over right away, puts me right back there. And then next New Year's Eve, it's the same five things on the New Year's resolution. (laughs) So what we do is we get laser focused on the one thing. Now, that one thing, it could be your weight. It could be start a business, write a book and find love or improve your broken relationship, whatever it is. But it's just one thing. Now it could be a physical goal or it could be an emotional goal. It could be forgiving somebody who sexually abused me 30 years ago. We don't know what that one thing is yet. A lot of times if you can iron that one thing out, a lot of the other things fall into place. It's amazing stuff. But again, you need to have somebody to help you do that. So once we define what that one thing is, whatever that one thing is, then we create action steps to start crushing your goals. And while you're doing that, you're going to realize I'm not eating as much. I'm not drinking. I don't feel the need to drink. I don't feel the need to eat a pound of cookies. I don't feel the need to watch porn every time I get overwhelmed or my wife isn't around. That's how it works. So lack of focus is a huge, a huge reason that people can't achieve their goals, that they can't get sober, that they can't, you know, put the past behind them. So we got to get focused. How do you do that? How do we get focused? Mm. Well, I kind of just went over it, but we have to define the one thing. Mm. We have to have an accountability partner to check in, to give you, I give homework assignments that actually make you think, and it's on a daily basis. Remember, that behavior, that eating at 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, or whatever it is, that is cross-addiction, and that is because our subconscious mind is running the show. The good news is our subconscious mind was programmed over years on a daily basis, doing the same thing over and over and over again for an extended period of time. So in order to reprogram the subconscious mind, which is totally possible, what do we need to do? We need to do something, change our beliefs and our behaviors, and then we need to do those healthy behaviors every single day over and over and over for an extended period of time. Remember, it's 100 miles into the woods. And it's 100 miles back out. But the good news is that that 100 miles back out, it doesn't have to take as long or be as painful. But it could take months or a year. You know, some problems are ironed out like the next day and some take a year. But we do need to reprogram our subconscious mind because there's a reason that we end up at the refrigerator. There's a reason that we end up on porn. There's a reason that we end up in the store spending money that we don't have. There's a reason for it. So once we identify what that is, then we create uh, steps to crush those old beliefs and behavior patterns. And then we put new healthy belief and behavior patterns in there. And that's, that's, exactly, 
And that's exactly why I asked you that question. I wanted you to repeat it and rephrase it so that it goes into every ear that is listening to here, that everyone sees again and again the same message because it is that hard work, the focus that will change your behavior, the focus that will reprogram you. And it's literally, it takes you days and days and days and it will take you freaking weeks and freaking months actually uh, but you can do it you can do it if you focus on it and but for that you need to focus and it's so easy to lose your focus it's so easy because life throws you challenges left right and center and sometimes you don't have a choice you have to roll with the punches but then still don't lose that focus if you, if you just go back to New Year's Eve, the way you put it, then no, no, stick with it and, and say, okay, fair call. Uh, right now, you cannot do all the cooking that you want to do because literally you have to work 16 hour days for X, Y, and Z reason. That's okay. That's okay. You can still do healthy things. I did exactly that. So I I, uh, I achieved quite a bit of weight reduction and uh, was, was glad about that. And then more recently, for a number of reasons, my life has turned pretty much topsy-turvy, long hours of work, etc. And quite some frustration, quite some pressure, tension. And God, I mean, go a year back, <laughs> the half a kilogram cookies, those <laughs> rookie numbers, okay? Rookie numbers, <laughs> that's all I can say. The extra large pizza, times two, thank you very much. Um, okay, but no, because uh, nowadays uh, I went through that not so nice period now, a busy, busy period, and I've barely put a gram on, which in the past would have been a very different story. So therefore, whilst maybe on scale levels, I have not made much progress, I have actually made huge progress. If I, that might still be nice when I rate the fridge, but this time I rate the fridge on asparagus and, and, and on protein bars, rather than uh, actually on the high calorie, empty, empty nutrition kind of shit that I would have eaten in the past. So you can make progress, but it will take time. I have misused alcohol and probably food and sugar and stuff like that for the better part of my life. Do you really think that just like that, just like that, you know, hey, I really want to eat healthy now. Do you think that will change? No, not like that. You need accountability. And that's, that's where the coach comes in, isn't it? And that's, yeah. that's why I... That's why I have decided to put my money where my mouth is and why I actually have enrolled with a, with a coach myself, uh, with coaches like you. Actually, I've got different, different people for different things. And I must say it is it's painful. Um, freaking bloody. But that's, that's exactly right. They rattle my cage. They, they put me into a place where they say really and that is the powerful thing because otherwise you slide back isn't it hmm. yeah well and you said a couple of important things one is work it's action it's taking action steps 
another thing that you said is like it took years and me just saying oh i'm just not going to eat like that and that switches around that doesn't work so you know there's a popular book out that i'm sure a lot everybody listening knows about it's called the secret and it's about the law of attraction or positive thinking will change your life and that's a bunch of bullshit and especially the way that she has it written and the reason that is is because yes you want to think positively absolutely like you want to think positive, you want to be positive, you want to smile like we were talking about earlier while you're working, while you're taking action. So the way that she has it, and that's why she's sold 30 million books and she's worth $100 million is because she said, "You all right, sit around and just manifest, you know, six figure checks coming into the mail. <laughs> well, that's awesome. But so the way we hear as human beings, we want to get the most out of life with the least amount of effort. So what I just heard was I can, I'm going to make a million dollars and I can just get stoned and sit on the couch and play Xbox all day. That's right. It. But, I, but wish that's it, I wish it to happen. Yes. Oh yes. I want that to happen. But the way that it works is that <laughs> I'm going to make a million dollars and I'm going to think positively while I'm working my ass off with somebody who's going to help me be productive and create <laughs> specific action steps to get me there. But she didn't write that in the book. Right. So <laughs> It's about taking action steps and having somebody hold your feet to the fire to make sure those get done on a daily basis. Exactly. And the people you see, yeah, and the people you see that are successful, they have coaches that did this and that held their feet to the fire. And they were willing to do the things that other people aren't willing to do for an extended period of time to get to where they want to be. And that's exactly. why they're successful. Exactly. And that is, you've nailed it, that I 100% subscribe to the, to the same fact uh it is a fact and and if you look at at uh, at analysis of very successful people what their habits are i mean stephen colby uh the the seven secrets of, of highly successful people etc and gazillions of books out there so it's actually not a secret it's it's just there are certain habits that you can cultivate um but these are habits and these are action steps so let's not just think about um, the, the mental side of things. You need to work on things. And that is, but you need a laser guided focus. Uh, and that's where I actually like your, your thoughts. Because you have got, you, you've put it all into certain steps, isn't it? You actually have created more or less a system that in which you, which you train the people that are coming to you. Yeah, because they don't have the discipline or the focus and it's not their fault, right? And I didn't either. We're not, most of us aren't born with that. Like the people that get to those levels of success without uh, accountability or, you know, a specific plan, those are like miracles. They're unicorns. It just doesn't happen. You can't plan for it to happen that way. And here's the thing. A lot of people do plan for it to happen that way. And they're the ones that make $20,000 a year. And they don't have, they're not going to get anywhere because they're not willing to do things differently and do the work that it takes to get to that level of success. Yeah. So, so that's what that. it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, a couple things that we talked about. One, reprogramming the subconscious mind, the meditation, taking care of your body, your mind and spirit on a daily basis. Huge, important piece. And then the other piece is have somebody who isn't emotionally attached to your stuff, help guide you through the process. Mm. We all need that. Whenever we do stuff, when I, 
I don't know about you. Whenever I do stuff on my own, what is it? My best thinking got me here, right? So my best thinking got me stuck. All of my plans and goals and ideas of how life was supposed to go got me all fucked up with, a, you know, 80 pounds overweight and with credit card debt and, and broken relationships. That's where my best thinking goes. So when I run all my stuff by somebody else who's successful, who I admire and uh, has, you know, something that I want. And I say, what do you think of this? Can you help me get there? And they're like, hell yeah, because people like helping each other. Mm-hmm. You know, so reach out to somebody, you know, and surround yourself with success. You know, if you hang out with five millionaires, you're going to be the next millionaire. If you hang out with five drunks at a bar stool, guess what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. If you hang out with five guys playing Xbox, you're going to get really good at Xbox. Where do you want to go? That's exactly it. And in in uh, property investment, uh, the rule is that you want to have a, a power team, a success team, and you want to be the stupidest member of that team. That's you want right. to have people around you that are better, that are becca, better marketers, better surveyors, better lawyers, better at everything, because you are bringing these guys in to help you to, to get to the next level there. Do the same in your life. Do the same. But in order to do so, you need to be focused. You need to actually realize that you're actually pretty much, yeah, maybe in a position that you want to change. You need to be, first of all, willing to accept that you're actually so uncomfortable in your current state that you simply have to change. Mm. And then you have to believe that change is possible. And rest assured it is. Then you have to figure out, okay, who do I bring on into my team? So if people if people listen to you and think, hey, this Dennis dude, he actually he, he rings a bell. So how do can they get hold of you? How can they work with you? I assume you're not just in the United States, aren't you? No, I currently have clients in the UK, in Australia, and in India right now. And the best way to get in touch with me is through my website. You can buy my book there. You can book sessions. You can get to the podcast from there. And that's dennisberry.com. That's very, really the best way to, to get in touch. And you can email through, uh, through the website as well. Contact at dennisberry.com. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. And first oh, session oh. free. Yeah. Let's just reach out. We'll set up a time to talk and I'll give you your first session for free. Courtesy of Stefan. <laughs> No, thank you so much. I mean, Dennis, Dennis, you're quite right. It is uh, you're one of these these men who who shows what you can achieve because you have you have failed so many times uh, in in many aspects of your life, and that does not define you. On the contrary, you've learned from that, and that made you the man who you are now, a man who with confidence can recommend maybe a certain set of action steps to fast forward someone else's life. And that is really what what a a good life coach does. He looks at you and then asks you the right questions for you to actually realize, "Eh, eh, yeah, and then maybe gives you also a hint at the right answers and and the right way forward. And that is such a powerful thing. 
I always keep saying for crying out loud, every 16 year old should go mandatory into rehab for four weeks and just learn all that shit, learn to deal with emotions, accept the negative emotions as part of life, develop the coping mechanisms, see how it feels like to meditate. Don't just, oh, maybe I do meditate. No, you've got a class in meditation. Come on guys, and they're right now meditating. Get your ass on the ground. Um, and things like that. How does it feel like to eat healthy? How does it feel like to all these kind of things? I learned them when I was in my mid forties um, in, in rehab. I knew it all. I'm a bloody doctor. I'm not the most stupidest being on, on this world. I knew it up there, but as you say, down there, the reptilian brain had very different ideas, very different. So now, Dennis, it's good that people like you are out there and who, who listen to people, what they say, and listen to people, what they not say, and then come back to them and, and, and hold the mirror in front of their face. So just, we need more people like you, Dennis, so um, don't you stop working. And you're, you say you're 45 and then I, uh, 43, wasn't it? 48. 48. Oh, you look 43. Come on. Um, oh, and <laughs> no, we already said before the show, you've got another 52 years to go. And I feel exactly the same here. Um, and these going to be fantastic 52 years because we too have decided to be on this path where we actually continually improve maybe continue to work on each other, or not on each other, on ourselves, shall I say. Um, but maybe with each other in this case. I mean, here Dennis and I, we've, we've met each other here on this show and, and I doubt very much that is the last time that we collaborate. And, and because it's the same with you guys out there. You have no idea who you meet once you actually start taking action. So I invite you to follow us, Come on, on your own journey. Don't copy my journey or Dennis's. This is your journey. You have to figure out what, what are the problems uh, and uh, how you go about them. But it is a journey and it is the most beautiful roller coaster uh, with the most beautiful highs and unfortunately also some bloody good lows. But let's actually experience them for what they are because they make us the better people, not try to numb them with whatever your poison of choice uh, is. So this is a good life. Don't, don't waste it. Just have a great time. <laughs> I agree. Dennis, I'm so grateful that you came onto my show. I'm so bloody grateful. Um, I, it was a good, good talk. I'm humbled and honored. Thank you very much, Dennis. Thank you, Stefan. It I is a pleasure. It. And you guys out there, lift this life to the fullest. Have a fantastic day. Look after yourself. Bye.